Hello. Okay. I'm sitting in the kitchen and Bear has chosen this particular moment to drink a ton of water in the background. <laughs> so, that's cool. That's amazing. Although kind of perfect for today's episode, I, right? I feel, I feel like it is. Like, he's slept all day, but now that I'm going to record, by all means, eight gallons of water in my ear. So, welcome to another episode <laughs> of Because Mom Conference Calls. Just another day in the life. <laughs> I'm telling you, Are if you- I didn't have pets, I'd have nothing to do with my life because that's all that I do. Enjoying some coffee, though? I am. So we got, when we went to that wedding two weekends ago, we went to a little place called Strawberry Patch. Um, and I didn't know this, but Strawberry Patch is actually kind of famous. They have jams and jellies that they sell all over the place. And we got two coffees. One was Highland Grog which has various types of alcohol soaked in. Um, Arthur picked that out. And then I picked out Vermont Maple Crunch. Oh, that's Shout out to my really good. I, it's maybe the best coffee I've ever had. And I am pairing it today with a little bit of gingerbread creamer in my Hocus Pocus mug. So it doesn't get much better than that. What, what are you having today? Nice. So I, I tried making like a, like a Mexican mocha coffee today. <laughs> so the spice in it. Yeah. So, well, so I kind of made up like a mix with my coffee. So I use just my regular coffee, Vermont coffee company. And so like I put in my three scoops of just coffee and mm-hmm. then um, right in the basket with the ground up coffee. Cause you know, I don't use a Keurig. I just Um, I have like a ninja, but it can make one cup at a time. So I um, put in the ground up coffee and then I added in some chili powder and cinnamon and a little um, like ground cocoa and then brew, like mixed it up and brewed the coffee. And then I got kind of fancy today. I was like a little extra basic today, but um, I blended up some coconut milk with a little honey and a little cayenne pepper so it was like kind of spicy and it was really it was actually pretty good I think I need to work on my measurements I'm like really bad at measuring stuff as you know that's why I hate baking but that sounds tasty did you lose me I'm back oh yeah I did for a second I let it go dark again apparently I can't now I've learned that's fine forgot about that cool so yeah it it turned out pretty good I feel like I keep sipping my coffee too. Like I'm some sort of super famous talk show host like you do. (laughs) No one can see me do it. I don't know. I feel like I'm more official, you know, if I make a statement and then I sort of like look at the invisible camera that's not there and sip my coffee. (laughs) Like we need to be video live video. Right. Or something. Well, and with the way this week is gone, I feel like coffee is, at, at the very least, I need coffee. Yeah, so let's hear you. We didn't get a chance to really talk yesterday, so let's hear about this day you had. No, because I just texted you, and I was like, so there's a coral snake on the sidewalk. And, of course, as you know, I live by the snake farm, so you asked the logical question. Like, was it an escapee? <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wearing a little orange jumpsuit, but I think he was a native. Like, I don't think he was an escapee. Um, Yeah, so anyone who does not know Texas, we do have several kinds of venomous snakes. 
obviously rattlesnakes, that's what everyone associates with Texas, but also we have coral snakes. Um, and the good side of coral snakes is they have a very small mouth and they're very shy. So it's actually difficult for them to bite. The bad side of coral snakes is they are far more venomous than rattlesnakes. And if they do, vi- do bite you, most places do not carry the anti-venom anymore. They just have to hook you up to a ventilator and let your organs fail and then basically reboot you. Oh so it's goodness. terrifying. Yeah, it's serious. Um, yeah. And I'm walking two Great Danes, you know. Um, so it's not like I, I had limited mobility at the time for as to what I could do. And it was just basking in the middle. This is something the Vermonters are probably not used to. There's a seriously venomous snake just basking in this person's driveway. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you text me like I'm standing across the street from a coral snake waiting for animal control. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no reference for this, but okay. <laughs> so- Um, there was one in our yard once and I was actually barefoot, but again, they have a very hard time biting and they're very skittish. So it went under the fence and it was one of those, the gravity of it kind of hits you later and you're like, wow, I could have died just now, you know? Um, and so, yeah, so normally I am a fan of all creatures, great and small, but I do not like venomous things. And so normally, honestly, I'm sorry, but I would dispose of it, but I have the two dogs. Um, and Matilda was very interested in making friends with the snake because she's developed an affinity for reptiles, which we can discuss later. That has to do with Rosie, the bearded dragon. But so I'm like, what do I do? Because I don't just want to leave this very venomous snake in someone's yard. Um, and yeah, I called animal control and then I couldn't cross the street with the dogs. Um, but I couldn't bring them home because I was keeping an eye on where the snake was. Only me. I get in these like Lucille Ball situations. So I call my mom who also lives in the neighborhood and I'm like, so here's the situation. And she's like, I'm, I'm coming. Just give me a couple minutes. <laughs> she actually came to watch the snake so I could bring the dogs home. Because meantime, people are walking down the street and it's very windy. And I'm like, hollering at the top of my lungs don't go on that side of because the snake had moved into the grass you couldn't really see it so I'm hollering like at the top of my lungs don't go down this way there's a venomous snake and this guy's like you got that dog on a leash I'm like that is not the point sir please focus enough about the small horse I'm walking focus on the snake yours isn't for the record that's fine And so here comes my mom, like the mall security cop. Wee, wee, wee. And she like pulls over and she's like, there's a venomous snake over there, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Run the dogs home. And she's like, get my, um, she has like a spade that apparently she uses to dispatch of venomous creatures. Um, and of, so she said, your mom does. Sure she does. So, and it's Texas. Normally she'd shoot them probably. But, um, animal control is taking forever to come and we're going back and forth on the legalities of that like can you just kill a snake but it's an imminent danger you know all these things and so she goes go to my house and get my spade and bring it back with you so I'm jogging home with these two dogs huff puff huff puff and then I go to her house and I'm on the phone I'm like where is this damn spade that you have and she's like it's in the backyard and so by that point her dogs have realized i'm there so i have to stop and let the dogs go to the bathroom in my head i'm hearing like girl from ipanema you know what i mean like dun 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 <laughs> standing back there waiting for the dogs to go to the bathroom then i lock them back in the house i huff puff all the way back up with the spade running in my neighborhood with this giant spade 
and then animal controls there. Um, so I did not have to use the spade, thank goodness. And he, I was actually very glad I'd called because the snake had gone into someone's water main, um, where they keep their water main and it was like nesting in there or whatever. So in the unlikely event, someone had had to reach in there, you know, to turn their water off. If there was a leak in their house or whatever, that's where this very venomous snake was. Um, so, and then he goes, do you want to take a picture? He's holding this thing with like those snake sticks, you know, (laughs) you want to take a picture? I'm like, you don't have time for it. He's like, no, it's fine. I got it. Take a picture. Because again, this is Texas. And I did, but it didn't save. Oh, I was going to say that. You should that. big for a coral snake. Um, and so, yeah, they, <laughs> he apprehended the snake. Uh, but now I feel like when I'm walking, I'm kind of paranoid, you know, because if that snake had not been in the middle of the driveway and it had been in the grass, I wouldn't have seen it. And with two great Danes and myself on a sidewalk, we don't all fit. So they walk in the grass often, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. speaking of reptiles, the, of the non-poisonous nature, you have a new addition to the family and it's a girl. I do. I do. I finally have a daughter and she has four legs and a tail and is cold blooded. <laughs> yep. And you are not, be honest, when I told you this, you are less than thrilled with my addition. I mean, I, like, <laughs> I, just reptiles weird me out a bit, you know, but I do have to say, when you went to pick it up, I was really hoping you would show up and the lady was mistaken and it was a real dragon. Well, and she kept describing it as, so it's a bearded dragon and her name is Rosie. And we rescued her. It was supposed to be a foster situation. That is a very long story. It was a student, their fish tank in his classroom right now because they are moving and building a house and they had to rent an apartment and the apartment has certain guidelines. This very large fish tank wasn't allowed, right? Yeah. And also they had the bearded dragon and the boys have been asking, well, the boys asked for everything. They asked for a hedgehog. I said, no, hedgehogs like quiet. This house is not quiet. Yeah. They asked for a corgi. I said, absolutely not. We have two Great Danes. A corgi could get crushed. Um, And when I say boys, I'm including my husband as well. Arthur also asking for these things. And so they said, they've said a bearded dragon for like a year now. And as you know, I personally am mortally terrified of garden lizards. Yeah. Because. Uh, Like those little gnolls or geckos. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because the tails. The tail. Because I had one land in my hair. Ugh. And I felt something in my hair and I went, it was a child and I go to pull it out and there's this wiggly tail. They have that. Oh. Do you remember that kids horror story, Taily Bone? Did you ever hear that one? I don't think so. Like the lizard that's like, where's my Taily Bone? Oh my God. <laughs> Good Halloween. Anyway. Okay. So scarred, right? Yeah. I am not terrified of the bearded dragon. I had not ever considered myself a person to keep a reptile in the house. No disrespect to those who do. But for those Uh, who don't know about bearded dragons, they do not drop their tail. They do not. No. She maintains her tail at all times, which was very important to me. And so anyway, we were going to foster her. And I thought, great, this will give them a couple weeks to get tired of this idea. And then we won't have to have one. Um, And it ended up a more permanent situation. The parents of this student split up. Like the husband, I guess, left, which my husband is calling me like, I don't know what to do with this situation. I'm getting all this information that maybe I shouldn't know, you know. Um, and 
in addition, when we adopted her, she had a couple of things wrong with her enclosure. Like she didn't have enough uh, of the correct kind of light and um, the wrong substrate and all kinds of things. So I, who said, this is you guys project. I'm not having anything to do with this dragon. You, you deal with it have become like mother of dragons reading you look at my google searches and it's like is my bearded dragon dead is my bearded dragon too cold is my bearded dragon too hot how often do bearded dragons eat how often do bearded dragons poop like yeah so what like because i'm just like i don't want a reptile and again if people love reptiles that's their thing I'm not against it. I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't want a 175 pound dog in their house either. So I get it. Like your your thing is your thing. But for those people like me who don't know about reptiles, like let's hear about like, what's a day like of taking care of her? So we've been taking extra care of her, just not knowing, you know, whether they also sort of hibernate in winter. It's called brumation. And so I'm honestly not sure if she's ill or if she's in brumation. So let's just lead with that. Okay. And she's going to go to the vet. Um, They had just advised we not take her to the vet yet because she was moved twice in a short period of time and it put her under stress. Yeah. I don't know if you knew reptiles can be under stress, but they can. Um, Well, moving twice in a short period would stress me out. So. Right. Right. And so, and you know, you come into this house with dogs and cats and kids and everything. So her light she she lives in a tank okay and she sleeps on a basking rock usually she has a big rock and she has a big light and the light has to be on about 12 hours a day it's a heat lamp and she also has a uv light like a little tanning bed for lizards and so once the light goes on it's so weird she just when the light goes off at night she goes limp like wherever she is it's like turning the power off she just goes and like goes to sleep (laughs) I'm serious. So are you like careful about where she is when she turns off the lamp or it doesn't matter where she is? Where she is when you turn off the lamp, it doesn't matter because we're not sure if she has some muscular, um, what's it called? Uh, metabolic bone disorder or whether she's just in brumination, brumation. Like I said, she's not real mobile. So I'm careful when I turn on the light that she ends up up on her basking rock because she's having some trouble kind of getting up there by herself. Okay. Um, And you know, this took adjustment for me also because I'm a fire freak. I'm always worried the house is going to burn down. And so having a light on 12 hours a day that at the light bulb gets about 120 degrees is unnerving for me. The heat dissipates quickly. By the time you get down to her basking area, it's like 95 degrees, but it did, it took some getting used to. So the bearded dragon lays on her rock when she gets to the basking temperature because they're cold blooded, right? When her body warms up, she opens her mouth and she looks like she's got a big idiot grin on her mouth. Like she's just like, ah, (laughs) Um, and that's how they control their temperature. When she gets really warm enough, she'll come off her rock and they have very bad depth perception. So she kind of lands on her face and then (laughs) it. Um, she does, she just goes thunk. And then she looks like, uh, and she, gets off her face I feel like Uh, it's kind of like being drunk like she's drunk on the heat you know like her mouth is kind of open like she's very much like a drunk and then you feed her and she's all excited so she's like ah tacos only you know she eats insects and um, salad 
Maybe um, I relate more to bearded dragons than I thought. She also, because she was dehydrated when we got her, I've also been giving her a bath every day, and it's half water, half Pedialyte. And it's distilled water. It has to be clean water. And I have to heat it, right, because she's cold-blooded. So think of someone every day feeding you salad, like putting you out to sun yourself delicately, and then putting you in a spa bath of like half distilled water, half Pedialyte. Yeah, Rosie's kind of got the life. Like life is how, not that bad. How do I get that? <laughs> how do I? Yeah, and they live. Hopefully, if we do everything right, they live like ten or more years. Um, but I do not envy people who are getting a new kind of pet for the first time because the internet can be very mean. Yeah, and I you, feel you've dealt same. with a lot of groups, right? That have just like. Yes. And I'll ask a question because new owner trying to learn. I did make some very good friends actually, but, and I'll ask a question about, you know, Hey, do you think this lighting setup is right? And you get all these comments that are like, well, I can tell you right now that the substrate's wrong. And I can tell you right now that's not the right rock. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know that we're working on fixing everything. I mean, it's kind of like going on a parenting group too, right? When you're like, do you like this, you know, who has experience with this type of car seat? And they're like, well, I noticed in the background that you have this bottle and that's not good for, yeah. you know. Are you driving when you're taking this picture? I don't think. The- yeah. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't be driving and taking pictures or that is not buckled correctly. And you're like, wait, no, I was just taking a picture while we were stopped. <laughs> Please. It's it's exactly like that. And so I made one or two good friends. Actually, some I already had. I found out a lot more people have reptiles than I thought, which made me feel a little less weird about having one in my living room. Um, And I I had some friends already that I have since learned have bearded dragons. And I have to give a shout out to Polly's Pet Shop in um, Live Oak, Texas, because I have been there like eight times and just in hysterics like I think she's gonna die what do I need to do you know and they have been um everyone who works there unlike a generic you know chain store actually has a lot of pets and has experience so there's these kids there who have been breeding bearded dragons and everything else and they've had all kinds of good advice oh that's Uh, so nice because sometimes you go I won't name names but we know the big stores and if you have any questions they're just like I don't know foods over there or like That's basically I did go to one of those big um places to get some some super worms because they were out of super worms and it was like that it's like here's your tub of worms you know and I asked some questions and they're like I don't know so Polly's has been well shout out to Polly's then I know Polly's has been fabulous um and they have given me a lot of good advice and then our vet that takes care of great Danes at our vet uh, clinic. I have since learned also has a bearded dragon. So once right now we're thinking it's more likely that Rosie might just be in brumation. Um, So, but if she's not looking better, if she looks like she's losing weight, anything like that, we're going to take her in and just see, you know, if anything's going on, but it's very hard because I'm used to dogs and cats, right? I have two dogs and two cats and they, obviously eat every day and have to go outside all the time and they're a little high maintenance and 
I guess when bearded dragons go in brumation, sometimes they'll sleep for basically three months. They oh might wake up around a little, but I keep thinking there's something wrong with her and she might just be sleeping. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Rosie leads my ideal life. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is not real for Rosie. She just... <laughs> Can I go into brumation? <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I feel like I... Sometimes I feel like I am in brumation, though, and I... <laughs> living my life I'm half asleep and the guy who came to install some cable stuff today looked skeptical like maybe I had a dead lizard and didn't know it and I kept assuring him that she was fine and she was just sleeping but I don't think he believed me he's like she's sure not moving I was like I know yep yeah that happens that's fine she's she's okay she's like she's in brumation right now just let her be I know all these things. I learned this like a week ago and I'm like, she's in brumation, obviously, because it's late fall to early winter, sir. Yeah. So I don't know, but you, you have a very large Danif. I have Danes, but you have a Danif, Bo, who I would argue also spends a good portion of his time in brumation. So I think. Oh yeah. I mean, Bo probably sleeps 18 hours a day. Like, um, and, uh, I mean, I always fear that people think it's because we're not, like, taking good care of him and stuff. But, you know, he has a bad back. So he has, it's called Wobbler's disease, which is um, where, like, the where your spinal cord goes through your vertebrae. The mm-hmm. hole is too small. And so as he has grown... Um, it pinches on his spine and then um, eventually could be that his back legs just stop working. So to try to slow down the progression of that, we do have to be careful how much physical activity he gets. We can't really take him on like long walks and that kind of stuff. Um, And so he, you know, luckily he, you know, we always joke about just how like calm he is. So I just let him outside and he kind of wanders around. We have a path that's um, on our property behind our house and he kind of wanders on that a little bit and then comes home. And then he goes out a couple times a day. And then every evening, like if I feel like around like eight, nine o'clock, he gets this like spurt of energy where he wants to play and like chew on his toys and shove his toy in our face and make us play tug of war with him or something. Um, and then he goes back to sleep. But yeah, he's definitely like, I mean, he'll be awake. It's not like, but he's on the couch a good amount of the day. Yeah, he does the great day thing because my two decide at probably about nine or 10 o'clock at night that they're going to wrestle in my bed while I'm trying to read or watch you because I'm old. So I put the kids to bed and Arthur and I do yoga were those people. And then I lay in bed probably by nine 30 or 10 o'clock at night and read. And that's when the dogs decide that they're going to unleash holy hell. Yeah. I feel, I feel like that is probably about the time that Bo does it too, because it's like after we've put Elodie to bed, so she's trying to fall asleep upstairs. And then at that time, Eric and I generally sit on the couch together to watch some show. And suddenly he's like, got a toy and is trying to like shove it on our feet and stuff so we'll play and he'll start barking at us which I'm like okay you're I don't know if you do this then maybe this is just like I'm like a weird parent but we'll always say like to Bo I'll be like your sister like meaning Elodie 
I'm like, your sister is upstairs sleeping. So, you know, unless you want to go up and put her back to bed, you need to be quiet. But yeah. I have entire adult conversations with the dogs. Like they're just another human being in this household. Oh yeah, me too. Especially since working from home and no one else is here. Oh yes. That's all day. Yeah. And and then Dane, because Bo looks looks a lot like a Great Dane, except kind of with a wider head. Although Bear has a pretty wide head. Bear is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. I don't think he's a Great Dane. He has a massive head. It's ridiculous. So Bo pictures don't do it justice. People who have seen pictures come see him in person, and they're like, "Whoa!" Because yeah. you just no matter how many pictures you take of a Great Dane or a Mastiff or a Danif. It's like you can't get a frame of reference for their size till you see them in person. Or all, yeah, I do get that. Or I also get, um, cause I'll like take a picture of my head next to Bo's head and my head is like half the size of his, each other. And people think it's like the camera angle and then they meet him in person and they're like, oh my God. So his head really is twice the size of yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yet they're like the biggest babies ever bears asleep right now he you know he was drinking water just to interrupt our podcast at the beginning and now that he's seen that he cannot succeed in that he's just laying on the floor staring at me and probably won't move until i do <laughs> yeah Both but I feel like do. do you feel like your whole day obviously when you become a parent your whole day sort of begins revolving around your kids but i feel like when it's not revolving around my kids it's revolving around my pets Oh, yeah. Like, and especially now, I feel like Bo has this new routine now that I'm working from home. He's like, when we were both working outside of the home, each of us would be home a couple days a week. So it wasn't like all day, every day he was home by himself. But there were a few days where he was. So he was kind of used to that schedule. So even if we were home, he didn't really want for much during the day. But now he's used to this new schedule where like around 11 o'clock. Uh, he wants to go outside and like do a little walkabout in the woods and then come back in and have a snack and then, you know, go down for his afternoon nap. That, again, I would also <laughs> like to be both in my life. I know, right? I might have gotten used to walking because I come home from dropping the boys off. I check my email and everything. And then I usually take my lunch break first thing in the morning kind of, and I take them on a walk around the neighborhood till they're tired depending on the heat is how long they can walk and then I finish my walk uh in days where I can't if I have a conference call if I have a lot of emails to check they're such brats about it like they keep coming and sticking because you know they're tall enough that they can put their head on my head basically while I'm sitting there working yeah my shoulder and then they talk as you know they growl talk yeah and so they'll do that like you know thinking i've just forgotten that this is their walking time and then sundays i walk the dog six days a week sundays is arthur's day and that's the one day a week i get to sleep in he gets up with the boys he walks the dogs it's heavenly um but matilda will still come grumble at me until he takes them in bed <laughs> she'll come like maybe you've forgotten it's time for my walk it's time to go and so, they have that big wet nose, which she can get under the covers to, like, the small of my back. Bo doesn't come upstairs anymore. Because, um, well, That's in your... Nice. 
Your house is one floor, so you can't even get away with that. But having the two levels and our bedroom being upstairs, when we first moved here, he used to come upstairs and then he wouldn't come upstairs at all. Then we had Elodie. He started coming back upstairs again. But then once we put the gates up on the stairs, he like was having none of that. And so now he just won't anymore. And I honestly now at this point wouldn't want to try to make him because I'm scared he would fall going down the stairs. But he will sometimes like, so generally when I'm working in the afternoon, he'll just kind of sleep on the couch. But once in a while, like the other day, I'm working and I hear him kind of like barking at the bottom of the stairs. And so I go down and he walks over to the couch and stares at the couch because his pillows are not arranged <laughs> how he prefers for sleeping. And so he needed me to come rearrange his pillows. Sometimes I'm like, how do dogs live without opposable thumbs? And I'm like, oh, this is why. Because I'm a sucker who comes and moves things for you. Yeah. Because Matilda will do the same thing. She has a chair and she has a very specific, we have like a couch and a love seat. And she has a very specific spot on the love seat that she sits on. And if the pillows are in the way... Sometimes she'll just nudge them off with her nose. But if she wants them to lay on, she'll come and like stare at me and stare at the pillows and stare at me and stare at the pillows. Like she's using this telepathy to say, move these so I can lay there. Yeah. That's what I feel like Bo does. He'll just stare. He'll also, it's like this great Dane stare. I'm sure your dogs have it. So sometimes Eric and I will be sitting on one side of the couch and Bo will be on the other. And then Bo will get up and he'll just stare at Eric because Bo has decided that he wants to sit with me. Like he likes to sit on my lap for a little bit in the evening so I can like pet his head and stuff. And so he'll just stare until Eric gets up and moves to the other side of the couch so that Bo can sit in between us with it. Like, so he can be on my lap. I know that all dogs have a language, but I feel like Great Danes especially have a language. And there are like grumbles and grunts and sighs yeah. for everything. It's like having a teenager in the house, basically. It, it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel, I feel like when I, if there's ever a time I don't have pets, I don't quite know, even have a frame of reference for what life will be like. I have friends who have no pets and no kids and they decide to go on vacation at, like with, at a moment's notice. They'll be like, hey, let's take a long weekend and you know go to a and b or something. And they'll just go. And this is something I have no frame of I'm like, what do you mean you just leave? And they're like, well, what else would we have to do? We lock the door, we turn out the lights, and we go. I'm like, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. It's weeks and weeks of planning. Uh, and having someone come stay with the dogs and feed the cat no frame of reference for what it's like to just be able to get up and go and not have all of that advanced thought about the various creatures that live in this house. Yeah, we have definitely talked about that. Um, and, you know, obviously not wishing away time with our current pet, but, you know, when that day comes, do we want to get another one? And, and that's a big factor for us is just Anytime we want to go away, like this past weekend, we went to Portland, Maine, and, you know, then it's like finding somebody who can watch the dog, and mm -hmm. and then that's an added expense, too, like, which can be quite pricey, so it is sometimes, like, like if we were going to go somewhere, we're like, okay, I mean, we can get a good deal on this, but then, you know, we also have to pay for 
we have we have this amazing dog service that we use and the guys just it's this married couple and both the guys just seem very nice and um they love dogs they love pets they take care of other pets in our neighborhood that's how we first heard about them and so they'll come if we're only going to be gone for like a couple of days or something, then they come like three or four times throughout the day to let Bo out and take him on a little walk and feed him and give him his medication. He takes pills three times a day for all his back issues and stuff. Um, and so it's really nice to have somebody that we can rely on like that, but it is like, it's another expense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually kind of brilliant for people who like pets, but can't have one. My sister has cats, but she, she would love to have a dog, but she works long hours and she misses having a dog. So I know for a while, I think she was actually on Rover, uh, and she would sign up not for dog sitting, but for walking them at lunch. And she would go over to these people's, um, houses or apartments kind of by where she works and lives on her lunch break. Uh, And she would go, you know, walk them or play with the dog or feed the dog and spend time with them. So she kind of got that pet interaction without having to feel like she was leaving a dog at home all day, which I think is pretty cool, too. And she made, you know, a couple extra bucks on the side doing that. Yeah, that is cool. That's what I need to do. I have some friends who come if we go out of town, they'll come and they'll stay um, to watch the dogs, but she owns her own business. So she's gone all day long. And my dogs, because I'm at home are used to being let out. So it's like, if we're going to do that, we have to, you know, my mom comes over during the day and lets them out in the middle of the day. And then my friend comes and stays in the evening. But I think my life has gotten complicated enough with dogs and cats and bearded dragons that I need to just find like a service. Um, it is kind of nice to have like a service that you can rely on. Um, or like if you found, you know, somebody through like rover.com or something, just like, you know, somebody that is um, not necessarily like a friend. So you're not mis- mixing like business and friendship. <laughs> and then, um, and then, you know, somebody who does it as a business. So you feel, I mean, I guess not all businesses turn out to be reliable and stuff, but it's just like, you know, they rely on, word of mouth and their reputation um so and you can sometimes get like references like we knew other people in our neighborhood that used this service so we had good references for them and spoiled i acknowledge they're spoiled so sometimes when i'm explaining to someone other people either who just have sort of a different way that they treat their pets or don't have pets or like we'll just you know, have someone come let them out. And when I start to explain like, no, I need someone to stay the night. They're used to someone being here overnight. Um, they're used to being able to go in and out whenever they want this and that. I sometimes get, do you ever get that look where someone's like, you're kind of crazy. And I hope you know that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think you do get in a, like a routine with your pets where you end up doing crazy stuff and you don't even realize it until you're like talking to somebody who either doesn't have pets or, just I mean people treat their pets different right like yeah mine were outside for it's a a gorgeous day today it was about 75 degrees and sunny and breezy and when the cable guy came today he was here for about an hour maybe an hour and a half and I no not even about an hour I put them outside just because some people get uncomfortable with big dogs so I put them outside 
in this gorgeous day, they had like their puppy pool full of water and still they're like having none of it and having a fit that they want to come back in. And I realized like I'm walking past the door feeling guilty that I've locked them out for an hour. And then there's this part in your brain that's like, their ancestors are wolves. Like they come (laughs) from outside. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever seen, I forget, like one of the dog food companies, maybe Blue Buffalo or something. I don't know. One of them talks about like their ancestors being wolves or something. And I like, I'm watching and how they need like, you know, the animal meat and all that stuff. And I'm like watching this as my dog is snoring, sprawled out, (laughs) taking up three quarters of our couch. I'm like, really? Like like something with a great Dane on a couch. And it's like, we were once wolves wild and wary. And then we discovered you had couches or something like that. That's exactly it. Like, so accurate he's like he gets so spoiled and then there's like the like with pets I I mean I feel like I don't want to compare dogs and babies because like I know there's a difference like you can't leave your baby home for a few hours but life with babies I feel like you get used to doing so much gross stuff that it just becomes second nature to you Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah, and I will honestly, I have had both, as you know, I have had two children and I have had multiple dogs. And in my honest opinion, puppies, not dogs, but puppies are harder than human babies. <laughs> I honestly think, I feel like at least when you put a baby in a diaper, whatever they do in that stays there till you take it out. And I feel like you put them in their crib at night or their bassinet or whatever, and they're not getting out by themselves but when I first brought bear was the first puppy that was home with me full-time with me working from home when we got Matilda I was not working from home and there was about a week and a half there that I felt like I was getting no work done because I was constantly checking on you know where he was was he chewing things up your potty training so do they need to go outside um, and obviously when we had Matilda and I was working out of the home, we just crated her when we were gone. So if there was a mess, it was kind of contained in the crate. Um, but if I had created him with me being home, you know, wailed. And so I do, I, I feel like I stressed more bringing home and training puppies than babies. Plus they also grow so much faster. So it's like, you've got to get that training in that potty training, that this and that socialization, everything so fast. Whereas with babies, you get a little while to kind of, they develop. I feel like, see, that's where like, I feel like I really, we really lucked out with Bo. And it's another reason why I don't know if we could get another dog because I don't think we'd have the same luck twice. Um, But he, he trained pretty easy. Now I'll be honest, we did do crate training. And even if we were working from home, if I, if either of us were home, and doing something that we couldn't keep an eye on Bo, we would stick him in his crate. So like if I had to do a conference call and knew I wasn't going to be able to keep track of him, then I would put him in his crate. So yeah. Potty training. I feel like I've had three great Danes now, all three of them for the most part, other than occasional mistakes were potty trained within like two weeks. That was really easy. It was the chewing, the chewing phase went on for a while yeah 
Yeah, I I agree. I want to say we got Bo potty trained within a couple of weeks. And the only accidents were like we got home and let him out of the crate and like didn't immediately take him outside or mm-hmm. Okay. Um sorry. <laughs> or um is real life getting in the way of our podcast again? I know, right? Man, talking about going and picking up your kid. <laughs> hello other than that he did pretty good and then uh the chewing we had like minimal um like him chewing stuff this is what i've explained to you though you are a very chill person i am neurotic (laughs) and so i think i create this in my animals like Arthur's chill like you too, but they're home with me most of the time. You are very chill and laid back. Eric is probably a little more animated like me, but he's also pretty chill and laid back. Elodie is pretty chill and laid back. And so you guys have this sort of soothing effect. When I get another puppy, I'm just going to send him to your house for a couple months because Bo is just like the rest of your family. His house is loud and chaotic, and I am neurotic. And so I teach somehow my animals to be neurotic because I have the weirdest pets always, ever. I do. Um, I mean, I don't think you're neurotic, but it is, it is funny <laughs> how, like, your pets do seem to take on like the owner's personality a little bit like Bo is just very like I mean now his back is bad so he can't do as much but prior to that happening it'd be like if we were gonna go hiking for the day he's up for hiking for the day if we were just gonna go to the park and leisurely walk around he would do that if we were gonna stay home and watch tv all day he'd do that like he so he just like he has I have always thought like man he just fit in so well and I mean maybe you know it's like a little bit of like I don't know dog personalities and genes um how much that really matters and then the environment they're in but yeah he has like totally fit in to the family Matilda we got very lucky with Matilda because we got Matilda as a puppy and I was pregnant at the time I had Declan a couple of months later, I think, nah, I'm trying to remember maybe about six months later. So she was still pretty young. Um, and Matilda came into a house with at the time a four-year-old and I was pregnant and Arthur was getting two master's degrees and we probably just didn't really have the time for a puppy. Not that we neglected her, but I just didn't probably dote on her as much as I do bear. And thank goodness, like she's, maybe that's part of it. Maybe I've given him too much attention, but she's very low maintenance and she's an excellent dog. She walks really well on the leash. Um, she's a little bit older, you know, so she'll sleep on the couch kind of as long as you'll let her, um, she'll walk. If I want to walk for a while, I did couch to 5k and I was doing that run, walk, run, walk. And she would do that with me and she'd start running when I ran and she would walk when I walked and we never, had any problem with that um when I had a stressful time at work for a while I was filling in as manager and it was so funny as I would get very stressed she would come kind of lean on me and get in my face until I and I'd try to let her out and she wouldn't go and so finally she would want me to walk out with her 
And I really honestly think she would detect that sort of stress level in me and want me to calm down and step away. So like she would make a very good therapy dog. And so she's more kind of like what you were talking about with Bo. Um, and to Bear's credit, he's, let's see, his birthday's in February. So he's maybe like a year and a half old, a little bit older. And really great Danes don't totally slow down till they're about two or three. So he is a puppy. Right. And it's just, you forget that when they weigh 135 pounds. Yeah, I do think, I mean, in the beginning, I feel like Bo was gaining like a few pounds every week. So he was just growing like so quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, right, you, I sometimes even look back to when we first moved up here and I forget that Bo was only like a year and a half old. Cause I was thinking like, we still had the crate set up for a while when we first moved up here. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that seems so strange that we would have kept Bo in a crate for so long, but he was only a year and a half old. So we and we were only putting them in there if we were gonna be like gone mm-hmm. just when we first moved up here because we weren't sure right. like it was a new house a new environment and stuff but I'm like yeah he was basically still a puppy that's what we did we crate trained at first at night like overnight and then when we were gone and then we would slowly as they got really potty trained and they would let us know when they had to go out we stopped at night and they would sleep on the couch or the bed or whatever and we would just do the crate when we were gone and then we'd start leaving them for short periods. Like if I was just going to drop the kids off or something. Uh, and now we don't have, you know, a crate at all because even though they make great Dane size crates, I just feel like there's not a lot of room in there. Yeah. We, so, and I'm, yeah, our crate was massive. Yeah. We still, we have ours and it's massive. We keep it for whenever we have a puppy or, you know, if my mom gets a new dog or something. Um, and I do have gates now they're really cool for anyone who needs a pet product, or I guess they're actually for babies, for normal people. Um, but they're these mesh gates and they actually roll up into a long roll that almost looks like a wrapping paper roll. And it's got mounts on either side of a doorway and it comes with extra mounts and you can actually unclip this rolling thing and and install it elsewhere, you know? And so when I leave the house now, sometimes I'll put it across the two entrances to the front of the house just to keep them from kind of getting into my office because Bear was knocking things over on my desk trying to look out that front window. Um, Or if we have people over, sometimes we'll block them out of the kitchen. But other than that, mine are reliable. I've seen people who have Great Danes and stuff that eat entire couches and things. And they'll just be like, oh, haha, life is a Great Dane owner. And I'm like, no. Yeah. I would freak. I would freak about that. I mean, our couch is kind of, destroyed now just from Bo getting up and off and up and off and then having a dog on your couch um you know just gets dirt and all that stuff on it um and it's starting to rip a little bit but yeah he's never like I mean fingers crossed he's seven and a half now so hopefully he doesn't like some <laughs> change and start um eating stuff but we've never come home to him having like eaten a couch or something can you hear him barking right now I can't. yeah he knows you're talking about him. he's like you're talking about me <laughs> moxie when we had moxie she would be good for long periods of time and then she'd go on like a bender um and she did chew on a corner of a piece of my wood furniture my cherry wood bedroom furniture once which i kind of had to come apart about but other than that it's more sometimes i'll come home for gone too long 
Um, and I save egg cartons for a friend of mine who has chickens. And it's like a game to bear to find where I've hidden these egg cartons and chew them up. <laughs> but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's not, you know, the end of the world. And I do feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel like at some point in a child's life, having a pet and learning the responsibility of a pet, learning to have the compassion for a pet, um, and kind of dealing also with that cycle of life, taking care of them, them growing older and their loss. I think that that's kind of a really beneficial thing for a kid. Yeah. I mean, I certainly know people who have never had pets, um, but yeah, I th- and I think, you know, I go back and forth on it because like I grew up always having a dog um, uh-huh. and I enjoyed having a dog. I love dogs, but they are just, they're a lot of work. It is. It's a lot of work. It's, and it's a commitment just like having kids. I mean, not for as long, but, and plus we, Great Danes, at least ours, are kind of codependent. They Like when we, when Moxie passed away, we just had Matilda and Matilda did not do well. She was whining all the time. She would follow me everywhere. It was very obvious that she was a submissive dog without a dominant dog. Um, and so that's why we got Bear, you know, about, I think about two years later, um, we tried to rescue one that didn't work. So we got Bear. But it does kind of create this continuous cycle for us that if there was ever a point we didn't want dogs, there's such a gap in their age, you know? Yeah. I don't know how we really handle that. Some, like, Bo is a great only dog, and some dogs like to be only dogs. Some dogs seem to really need another companion. I think at this point, he would not enjoy if we got another dog. I've, like, dog sat for friends or my parents before, and he's, like, okay with it. But you can tell, like, I remember I dog sat for a friend of mine. She had this little dog that was so cute. It was like a pit bull, an American bulldog mix or something. I don't know. She was the cutest, sweetest little dog. When I would nap, she would come like snuggle up with me. And like, it was so cute. But um, so she was at the house and, you know, you could tell he was a little bit like anytime she would be on my lap, he would try to get on my lap too, which, you know, is a lot of dog to have on your lap. And then (laughs) she would, um, like play with his toys and he wouldn't do anything about it while she was doing it. But once she left, he like went and chewed on every single toy. I swear to like reestablish that they were his. Yeah. Like, okay. Like this dog is not going to take over. Well, Matilda just likes other animals. She likes the cats also, although Bear seems to have a pretty good relationship with them too. But she's actually, and I don't know if I've told you this, she's obsessed with Rosie. And every time Rosie moves, she goes over and looks in her tank to kind of like see what she's doing and if she's okay. And when we take Rosie out in the sun outside to kind of bask, she has a little tub that she sits in. And Matilda will actually stick her face down in there and be like snuggling this lizard which rosie doesn't she doesn't hiss at her or open her mouth or anything so she's not stressed or harassed by her she doesn't seem to love it necessarily but she's not really bothered by it and it's the strangest thing i've ever seen that she seems to have this like reptile effect (laughs) oh my god that's so funny yeah i was gonna ask you like what do the other pets think of the cats 
think that they're biding their time and eventually they will eat her. <laughs> I mean, when she's out, when they take, when the boys take her out or they're feeding her or whatever, the cats will get close. They don't try to attack her or anything. And we've been very cautious about introducing them to each other because I'm not familiar with reptiles. Um, there is a certain capacity for reptiles to have salmonella and things like that. So you do have to be careful to wash your hands and everything. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, safety concerns. I didn't want the dogs to get excited over this new lizard and then jump on the boys or anything trying to get at her. So we've been really cautious, but as um, she's kind of settled in, especially when Arthur or I are there, Matilda's shown a lot of interest. And as long as she's got all those signs of being calm, her ears are forward and her tails wagging and stuff. We've let her come over and she just, every time Rosie moves, she goes over there and it looks like she's checking on her. And then she'll kind of like, look at me like she she's moving. Are you going to do something about this? Like, <laughs> Bo, Bo was kind of like that with Elodie as a baby. Like anytime she would do something, he would like look at us like, uh, what are you doing about this? Like she's moving. Do something. They are very judgy. <laughs> They're like, you don't know how to take care of a child. When, um, when we had Moxie and Finn was little and he would cry, she would like, sometimes you, you know, you got to let him just cry a little because they've been fed and they've had their diaper change and there's nothing else you can do. And they're just tired and they've got to kind of let it out. And she was not, I remember accepting of that at all. And if he was in the swing or something, she would kind of come over and like nuzzle him and stuff. And then look at me like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. When the puppy <laughs> cries, you What's wrong with you, stupid? I know. We would, like, especially when we were trying to kind of sleep train Elodie, we did, um, we didn't do, like, full cry it out method, but um, we would let her cry for a little bit, and he would sometimes just look at me like, you are not doing your job right now. Like, like that long, that long Dane face just looks at you so judgy. perfectly capable of being very judgy and Mm -hmm. i can imagine matilda doing this too where Bo will be like laying on the couch looking forward and he'll kind of side eye you like slowly look to the side like i don't know who you think you are (laughs) and if it's really bad you get the like (sighs) yeah like that's like sigh that's like i just don't know what i'm gonna do with you but that's fine like this is She'll look so patronized. Like, this is the lot I've been dealt in life dealing with these stupid people. So I guess I'll just deal with it. Well, this has been fun to chat about our pets. It's fun and always a new adventure being a pet mom. Right. Everyone is now who's listening is now like, these two are not okay. So <laughs> We're, we're crazy pet owners and if any of you are uh bearded dragon owners then certainly reach out and Please. you know uh, yes. join crystal in the bearded dragon community right and tell me whether or not my dragon is sick or just sleeping because yeah. and if you know anything about what is it brumation, brumation. Yeah. yes if you know if she should be brumating i don't know what the- Yep, no brewmating. If she should be brewmating this time of year, then you know, let us know. I will have to after you post the podcast. I'll post a a couple of pictures. I've tried not to be that person who's like, here's more pictures of my bearded dragon. Yeah, but but you should definitely um, post some pictures of Rosie doing her thing. Yeah, we'll post some pictures. 
And also exciting news is our podcast is now on iTunes. What? Yes. I didn't so. even know that. But I feel like you and I avoid talking to each other now so we can save all the good <laughs> stuff for the podcast. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I'll tell you this story. No, I won't because that would be better podcast material. Yeah. So that's exciting. I didn't know. That's awesome. So for all our um, followers, if um, you have been listening to us through either a different, I think we're on Anchor and Spotify and Stitcher and a few other ones, but we've been waiting and waiting and waiting to get approved for iTunes and that finally went through. So now if you use iTunes, you can subscribe to us on there. And we will try to prevent this new step towards our celebrity fame from going to our heads. <laughs> we will. We're working on it. So thanks, thanks for listening along and uh, we'll talk to you again. Thanks. Bye. Bye.